Are you ready to embrace a little stillness? Some rest for your soul today. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we stop and study God's words and encourage one another to know Him better and love Him more. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. Today we are finishing up our Holy Habit series. We've talked about the blessing that comes from cultivating good habits in our lives in the areas of Bible reading, prayer, rest, and service. Today, on episode 53, let's talk about the holy habit of fellowship and what that looks like. We'll start with the definition of fellowship. So the basic definition of Christian fellowship is that it is the act of meeting with those who are converted and who possess the same general beliefs. It is the sharing of knowledge and the trials and triumphs of life among those who are called and chosen of God. Sharon, that sounds an awful lot like church. It sure (laughs) does. And you know, whether your church is a cathedral or a house church, we are absolutely talking about a regular gathering of believers who share life together just like the church did in the early days. Mm. Nicole, church matters. You and I know this. Whether it's a big one or a tiny one, super formal or super informal, we are supposed to gather together regularly. So fellowship in the biblical sense of the word, the meeting together of believers who know each other intimately, is what we commonly call church. Mm. And you and I sort of know churches because of our military background. Yes. I mean, Ray and I have been in house churches where we literally met in a house. Mm. And um, we sat at little round tables and the pastor talked and then we discussed what he said. I mean, very informal. And then we've been in Protestant chapels (laughs) that were way more formal than that. All kinds. But but the thread was we all came to worship Jesus. Mm. How about you? I bet you've been in a lot of churches too. Yeah, we've been in some Southern Baptist churches. We've been in tiny churches. We've been in huge churches because we moved a lot as well. And then during COVID last year, we had a home church for a while. And it was so nice. Yes. But all these different types. And you know what? It was just nice because we all got together to worship God and to talk about Him. Yep, I love that. And when we were overseas, one of the sweetest things was me realizing that wherever I went, I was going to find brothers and sisters Mm. in Christ. And, you know, being sort of growing up in the same town and growing up in the same church um, as a kid... You kind of feel like there's no church like your own, and we had to get used to so many different ones, but it really broadened my perspective that Mm. um, you become instant family with anybody that you're worshiping with, that you um, are coming together in agreement with, uh, that Jesus is king. I know. He binds us all, all over the world. He does. so cool. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) All right then, well Sharon, what are some of the things you love most about church and the fellowship we find there when we come together? Okay, that's a hard question because (laughs) I basically love church. (laughs) So here we go. I love singing songs out loud with other believers. Mm. Oh man, I missed that when Ray and I, you know, with COVID sat home. He doesn't sing. (laughs) So I'm listening to the worship songs, you know, on the TV and I'm singing, but it's odd, you know. (laughs) So when we first got back together and we were all singing in harmony Mm. together, and even if all our voices weren't gorgeous, that the cumulative effect was gorgeous. I cried. I know. So then I couldn't sing. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing like it. Was it was so beautiful. So I love the singing. 
Um, I love hearing our pastors preach. Mm -hmm. I love that we have um, a variety of pastors, and each of them um, is so rich in the truths they've gleaned and the fact that they um, apply it to their own lives as well. So I love that. I love Adult Sunday School and our own life group that we host at home because that's those smaller groups where I get to know people more intimately, um, where I know their ins and outs of their lives. So I get to do life with them, basically. And I love that when I give, I can give bigger, you know, Mm. because we're pulling our resources together, like our food pantry that we have. You know, I can't necessarily run a food pantry out of my house. Right. I mean, maybe I could, but I I haven't been called (laughs) to that. Right. But I can contribute, as so can everybody else in the church, and we can do more good because we're giving together. Yeah. I love taking communion and remembering just why we are Christ followers. And mm. that always makes me think of people around the world. You know, oh, yeah. all around the world, we're breaking bread and remembering his body broken. All around the world, we're drinking the cup, longing for his mm. return. I, oh, I love, love that. It's just such a, a symbol of our unity in Christ. Yeah. I love baptisms. I love testimonies. <laughs> we're just average, ordinary people share about extraordinary things that God has done in their lives. All right, coming up for air. <laughs> Did I leave anything for you? <laughs> I think you covered a good portion of it. <laughs> oh, but I really do love church too, Sharon. I get so excited to go each week. <laughs> I just think that, you know, finding and being around people with the same hope and focus makes life so much sweeter. It does. Yeah. And in our season of life with a, you know, young family, raising them alongside a community of you know, the young to the old is such a gift. You know, we can learn... Um, so much from each other, especially the older generation. That's true. I love a multi-generational church. Yeah. You know, really if you do. don't have family close, like my grandparents both live far away, like you don't have that. So it, to kind of adopt people in the church it's to help so out. Sweet. It's such a gift that God gives it us, is. you know? Yes. And I found some of my dearest friends at church. I think that's another little added bonus. You know, sometimes it's hard to make friends as a mom, but it is. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I found my best friends too. Wherever yeah. we moved in the military, I had my officer's wives' friends, you know, but there was a formality there and there Mm. was an awareness that our husbands were competing for jobs because there's more lieutenants than there are captains and there's more captains than there are majors. So it wasn't quite as free. Plus, Mm. you couldn't completely be yourself. You had to sort of put on your best face. But um, I found my friends in church where I could be the real Mm. unvarnished me. Yeah. And tell them my joys and my sorrows, you know, and know that they would, they'd love me despite mm. all the weirdo things in my life. <laughs> it's true. I just so, love it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, Sharon, church is as every bit as wonderful as we have said, but it surely isn't perfect. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> oh. In fact, there were many years with brand new nursing babies and very wiggly, loud toddlers that I would wonder if it was worth the struggle to get there. Oh, yes. Just to end up, you know, hiding right. in the nursing room or like, walking the halls. <laughs> why am I here? Right. Because I'm actually not here. Right. Yes. I could be doing this at home. <laughs> Just wonder if it was kind of worth it, but... You know, and we've encountered a few issues and hurts over the years, too, in churches, you know, because church is full of sinful people, because I'm in one, and I'm a sinful person. Right, exactly (laughs) so. So, you know, so Sharon, what what are some other kinds of hard things that you have bumped into in churches? That's a good point, Nicole, and, you know, just because you and I happen to love the church we're in, (laughs) and we're sort of optimists anyways, (laughs) doesn't mean that church can't hurt sometimes, and I think it's Mm. because we come to it with very high expectations, higher than we should. We're like, no, but you love Jesus. You should be nice to me all the time. (laughs) What's wrong with you? As I criticize them. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
And we have to remember that people are in all ages and stages of growth in Christ. Yes. Some are new believers. Some are going through a really hard time, and it's it's strained their faith. Mm. We're we're all in desperate need of help. Yes. You know, and and there's not just that. Sometimes pastors let us down. This is such a weirdo story, but <laughs> this is what happened to us. When Ray and I first got married, I was from a church background, and he was not. Yeah. So I'm all about tithing. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, I'm all about every Sunday church, and he's more the occasional worshiper. Even though he loved Jesus, he hadn't quite got there yet. Yeah. Um, what was the third thing? Oh, and I thought he should be baptized as an adult. He had been baptized as a baby that, oh, because right. I was Baptist, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, so did he agree with me on any of these things? Absolutely not. So we started <laughs> going to this church in Maryland, and there was this dynamic pastor there, and Ray's coming home going, "We need to tithe." We need to be there every Sunday. Oh my I goodness. think I should be baptized. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, but it was really far from our house and we ended up changing churches. Oh, well, yeah. shortly after we left that church, it turned out the pastor had lied about everything on his oh, resume. No. He had said that he had the American Psychiatric Association in approval and he was, you know, could counsel. No. He'd said that he was a graduate of Harvard. No. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah. He had lied about just about everything. Oh, that so, yes, yeah, so there was a the huge church is. split because he was charismatic, so some people wanted to still follow him and others right. didn't. And Ray and I are sitting there going, but he taught Ray to do all these good things. Right, but he you impacted know? us somehow for yeah. good. Yeah. And, and what we concluded was... Um, church isn't about the pastor. Church isn't about the people. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's a, an, an act of obedience yes. to go, and it's about hearing the word. Mm. And Ray heard the word preached. And so we received that it came from an imperfect mouth, this mm. dear pastor, who I hope has straightened out his yeah. act by now. <laughs> um, but he still did good because when he talked from God's word, mm. it was true. Right, you and know, God's word doesn't return It doesn't, yeah. yeah. But all those things can impact, and Satan loves mm-hmm. to get in there and make church about the people and not about the worship and about Absolutely. the obedience to Christ, and that's what keeps people away. Yes. So, yeah. there we go. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything we've shared so far has basically been experiential, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. If we're going to call this a holy habit, <laughs> we need to look at God's word. and see what he says about attending church regularly. And we also need to look at what God's Word has to say about some of the the difficulties in church. Mm. You know, it's funny, Nicole. One of the sweetest things about church attendance is getting to know awesome people. Yeah. (laughs) One of the hardest things about church attendance is the sinners that are there, (laughs) those same awesome people who let us down. (laughs) Mm. But first of all, let's go with what the Word says. Let's unpack why you and I believe so strongly that this isn't just a nice to do. Church isn't just club. Right. This is what God calls us to do, whether mm-hmm. it's hard or easy. Yeah. So why don't you start us off with a verse and we'll talk about it and then I'll do the next verse. Okay. I'm going to read Luke 4:16. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. So in this verse, it looks like Jesus made it a regular habit to attend synagogue. He did. You know, he shook things up a bit and healed occasionally well, at the yeah. synagogue, but <laughs> he never stopped attending. Jesus set aside one day in seven and stopped to worship God at synagogue, and so should we. Sharon, I now see the blessing of this in our lives. As over the years of church going, even with little ones in that exhausted season, we kept 
trying to get to church. And even if it wasn't a mountaintop experience each week in that season, we were developing the habit yes, you were. of going to church. Yes, you were. Which now that it's easier, we just go. It's such a natural part of our life. You know, we don't often consider other options for Sunday morning. Right. It's a rhythm. It's yes. just our rhythm. And you know, our neighbors <clears throat> notice. You know, they, they see do. us on a Sunday <laughs> morning. And it's just a, a quiet way to say, I value God so much mm. that even though we work hard all week and, you know, there's lots of stuff to do around the house, yeah. I'm going to set aside this time as a time sacrifice and go. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, I agree with you. Even though it's not always, you know, super fun, um, mm. it's a habit that mm, we should develop. It's worth doing. It yeah. is. Yeah. And Jesus did it. He did. So that's and a good reason. Follow him. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next verse is Matthew 18, 20. It says this, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Mm. That's always fascinated me because God's everywhere, right? right? So even when I'm by myself, there he is with me. Right. But something unique happens when people gather together. It must mm. be because that's what... Jesus says, right. we're two or three gathered together as my followers, not just gathering like, you know, for pizza, right. but gathering <laughs> as his followers. In his name. Yeah. I think he's there in a, in a unique and special way. Mm. Um, there's an intensity, maybe, an increase in energy. Mm. There's a feeding into each other. There's a reminder that we're not alone. Uh, but in any case, it assumes that we're going to gather together. Yeah. It says, when you do, I'm there in a special way. That is pretty so, cool. So we need to remember that too. When yeah. we gather with other believers, there's a special intensity of his presence. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. So there, there really is something special about being with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's yeah. kind of like getting supercharged too. You know, you it kind of is. feed off each other and yeah. <laughs> encourage yeah. each other. Um, I I love praying with other believers. And when I was a little girl, I used to go with my parents to this quiet little church Wednesday night prayer meeting with all these little oh, old people sitting there praying. Goodness. And I wouldn't pray because I was terrified, but I would sit there and listen to these these elders and saints just pouring their hearts out to God. And that was, I was just so in awe of being in that environment. Yeah, it was yes. such a beautiful thing when I was yes. little. I had the same thing. Wednesday yeah. night prayer meeting, older believers, yep. crying out to God, lifting up other people's needs. Yeah. And that's a time sacrifice too, Yeah, to go nights. and pray for someone else. That's what struck me. They were praying for other people. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, it's a gift. It made a big imprint on me. It, yeah, it does. Yeah. And then when you're sick, it's awful nice to know Wednesday night <laughs> prayer meeting. It's lifting you up. I know. Right. right. It's a gift. It really is. It's so a prayer is wonderful and, and praying for people around the globe yes. in hard times like we have right now mm. and gathering together to do that is just another way to serve the church at large the people Absolutely. everywhere yeah so, yeah pretty neat so the early church is our next example jesus went to synagogue jesus promised a special blessing when we gathered in the book of Acts, we read about churches, not just individuals praying on their own, but actual churches forming and coming together. I'll read three verses from Acts. The first is Acts 2:42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And then Acts 11:25 and 26. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Paul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Interesting. Yeah. And then Acts 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, we gathered with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. 
Couldn't get the wrong message. (laughs) (laughs) Want to get all the words in. (laughs) This always impacts me because I think, you know, we're looking at our watches. If, you know, the pastor's 10 minutes late. I know. That's so awful. And And here he was. they were just (laughs) listening till midnight. Yeah. yeah. It's so neat. It's cool because we, in these verses, we see a few of the things we talked about, like doing life together. The first verse it talked about, you know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, yeah. communion together. Right. Like right. it's such a good example of how they they started out early with forming these habits and they did life together. Yes. And, and it's really and, neat. In little pods. Yes. Which we now call churches. Right. And but they that's slowly, what they were. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the last verse, it says, on the first day of the week, they gathered. And it sounds like, that was their habit to gather the first day of the week. Yeah, and yeah. Christians, you know, modern Christians, we gather on Sunday, which is the first day of our week. Exactly it's so. Call it carried over all these years. I know <laughs> it. I know it. And that's why I've always said one day in seven, yeah. to me, it doesn't have to be the Sabbath. Some people believe it needs to still be Saturday. Right. So, okay, that's fine. Right. But um, to me, it's just out of seven days, one, one day is set aside. Yes. And, um, and it's an act of worship. And they did that. Mm. So sweet. It so is good. really neat. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So we also have the, the witness of believers in the early churches mm. who formed churches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're now going to move beyond Acts to Ephesians. We could literally choose any of Paul's letters. I mean, I was mm. looking through to find these verses. I'm like, it's everywhere. It's loaded, yeah. <laughs> to find references to church attendance because he's writing to churches in these letters. Yeah, these You know, the churches. church at Ephesus, the church at Thessalonica. The church at Corinth. They were mm. all written to churches. So, um, Or in the cases of Timothy and Titus, you know, they were servants at a church. Yes. So, But they all assume church attendance, all of them, mm. and belonging, all of them. Nobody is like this lone ranger sitting mm. on a hill loving Jesus alone. Right. They're, they're with others. So anyways, um, so I'm going to read three verses in Ephesians that all talk about this togetherness and the need to be together as mm. Christians. Ephesians 1, 22 to 23 says this, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Hmm. And then Ephesians four sixteen says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Mm, like that. that is the ideal, isn't it? It healthy, is. Healthy, growing, a beautiful and picture. full of love. Yes. <laughs> yep, not always realized. No. And then Ephesians 5.25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Oh, man, he gave up his life for the church. He gave up his life for each one of us. And I think Americans are just so, we're so individual. Yes. We're like super individual. Yeah. Other countries are more clumpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're more community. But um, in this case, the Bible is calling us to the fact that, that Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. He loves the body of believers. And we read over and over that each of us is necessary for the other one. Mm, we, we don't do life as well alone as we do together even with all the nitpickiness and the whininess and the grading of personalities Mm -hmm. that happen in a church we still need each other but that grading teaches us patience and grace with other people and if we meet together we can find out um 
where we need to grow too. Like, oh, I should have more patience with that person. Or they might say, hey, Nicole, you're getting a little gossipy. So when we're meeting with other believers, it helps us to see things that we may not want to notice on our own or we may not see. You know, if we're, oh, I'm yes. fine. I'm just going to do my thing alone yeah, with no one else. Fine. God mm-hmm. does not want that for no, he us. Does not. We need the accountability. We do. We do. <laughs> and the difficult people need to be loved. Yes. And if it can't be loved at church, mm-hmm. Where can they be come loved? on? Yeah. So it's it's good, and sometimes <clears throat> sometimes we're the difficult I'm just people, say, and sometimes that person is me. So, so thank you for loving sometimes, me. Sometimes <laughs> you know the one that talks all the time, meaning me. You know needs some patience given by other yes. people. Like wow, she's still talking. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> so church oh. is supposed to be this wonderful community where yes. we endure each other, yes. we love each other, <laughs> we care about each other. Absolutely. With you know all our foibles yes so we all have them we do so okay <laughs> well i'm going to end our section with an old testament verse that talks about the blessings of being in church psalm 133 1 how good and pleasant it is when god's people live together in unity amen sister beautiful. yes <laughs> sharon it is a beautiful thing when we are working together in unity i think that's one of the best ways we can show the world that we are different because of jesus that unity absolutely you know even a friend of mine who's an atheist he longs for peace in the world you know there's a we all want we that, all want you know? that even if they don't have christ in right, them yet right so to be able to model that and offer a taste of that unity that brings people from all different walks of life together with Christ's help, that could be a huge draw for people to come to know Jesus. It surely can. Because we it can't do it on our can. own. No, we can't. <laughs> and when you see people from different walks of life that normally would not congregate together, yes. rich, poor, um, construction workers, doctors, right. you know, everybody worshiping the same God, there's mm. something beautiful beautiful about that. It really is. And even in the difficulties, the fact that we're still going, yep. <laughs> you know, is that in itself is something that, that being together once a week or, you know, twice a week, if we mm. have a little home group, which you and I both are parts of home groups, um, it says something about, I desire to mm. be with other people that love Christ as, yes. as I do. Yeah. So good. So. Well, I think these verses do kind of underline that God expects us to be in church. (laughs) I remember telling my girls when they were younger that it's one of the sweetest ways to tell God he matters by our actions. Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We offer him a time sacrifice every Sunday when we go and worship with others, listen Mm. to the sermon, and basically celebrate Jesus corporately. Mm. It's actually not just about the people. It's an act of worship. Mm. It's a declaration that we identify with Christians and are followers of Jesus Christ. It's a way to show God our love for him. So that's what I would do. Sometimes some of my churches were boring. We had wonderful dear pastors and staying awake. I took notes to Mm -hmm. (laughs) stay awake. I just did. That's just the truth. But but I would say to the Lord, Lord, I am here because Mm -hmm. I value you and I value that man who spent hours preparing the sermon that I'm having a hard time listening to because um, I want to be a part of this. Yes, absolutely. This is my sacrifice to you and I'm I'm glad to be here. Mm, It's not always about us. No, it is not. It's not entertainment. No. This is where we get into trouble when it's like, well, I do not feel entertained this week. Right. Well, that's not why you're here. Mm. You're here to honor God, to give him a time sacrifice and to say, teach me. Yes. And it doesn't matter how... um, Uneffective the sermon might be. If the word is preached, there's something that can be taught from it. Yes. And seeing a faithful man of God 
open and unpack the scripture in mm. itself is testimony. Absolutely. Isn't it? It is. Yeah. And if we go with the heart to be taught, we can come away with something. And we do. From the dullest yes. preacher in the world, if we go with that open heart, God will, God will give Absolutely. us something. Absolutely. Yeah. He will. He yeah. will. We go because it's a holy habit mm. that changes and softens our hearts towards the Lord each yeah. week. So, but... Let's talk for a moment about why this becomes hard for people. Mm. Nicole, what are some of the reasons people stop going to church? Um, I think past experiences can be a huge hindrance. You know, we talked about imperfect people, and I think we can lump God in with the Christians who hurt us and just stop going. Um, I also think the busyness of life can keep us away. It's hard to get to church on a glorious sunny day when you want a beach day or to catch up on yard work. (laughs) And another thing is when we're really struggling and feel alone or isolated, I think Satan likes to keep us there. And he whispers those lies oh, that yes. no one will see us at church anyway, so why bother going? All you know? those lies. Yeah. Right. Right. You're right. Keep us from going. Yeah. I think so often our expectations for church are too broad and grand, too. Mm. It's a place where there's imperfect people, mm-hmm. and that includes the pastors and elders yeah. and the women's ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, we, ex- we expect too much of people sometimes. We really do. You know, I mean, they need to say they're sorry. Mm-hmm. That's one of the <laughs> kind of rules. Right. <laughs> but um, we're all going to need to say we're sorry sometimes. Yeah. We really do. And be forgiven. So um, we are, enable others to be refined when they have to put up with us as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge. And I think that it's easy to just expect the church to be perfect and that, you know, it'll do the work that Jesus does in our heart. But just showing up doesn't fix or save us. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) We need to do the work too and try to bless others and serve alongside them as we also come to be blessed and serve when we go to church. You're right. You know, the book of Hebrews has a couple of verses in it that assures us that even back at the beginning of things, people didn't always want to go to church. Mm. I thought that was funny because I'm like, well, at the beginning, you know, they were all wonderful. (laughs) Not every time. So Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Mm. Oh, yes, one can get into the habit of not meeting together. (laughs) But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And boy, oh boy, do I see the day approaching. Jesus is coming soon and all the more we better be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So these people were also in the habit of not meeting together. Nicole, it's a habit either way. (laughs) Yep. Right? Right? So just skip a few Sundays in a row because your kids are so, you know, not with it when you're young and bam, you're not going. You're in the habit of it. I know. Well, we don't want to be, we never want to discourage people. So we want to encourage you, like, if you, don't be dismayed if you miss a Sunday. (laughs) Thank goodness, with COVID last year, we missed more days than we went. And we had a really hard time connecting online. It was just a rough fit for our family. Um, But good news, when we have slip-ups and habit forming, it doesn't make us go backwards as long as we don't give up totally. That's right. When you keep, 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 keep skipping is when you develop the bad habit. Mm -hmm. But occasional slip-ups, it's okay. There's grace. (laughs) There sure is. God knows we're human and he knows how hard this life is. And while he also knows that church is where our souls need to be, he gives grace. So much grace. (laughs) So if it's been longer than you want to admit since you've been to church, don't stay away because of shame. God is that loving father waiting for his prodigal son to return and to embrace us with forgiveness. Amen. This is is meant to spur one another onto love and good needs, not keep humps of guilt on your heads. (laughs) 
those of you who are listening. Because yeah. <laughs> condemnation is not from Christ. Yeah. That's from the enemy. Mm-hmm. This is, we hope, encouragement. Mm-hmm. Go to church. Find a church. If, if the church you've been in um, has wounded you, um, work through it or mm-hmm. find another place after a, a good goodbye. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. We yeah. know it's worth the habit. It's so good and you'll be so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of quotes to finish us out. Um, Dwight L. Moody said this, Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick mm, man. I like that. Isn't that awesome? That's good. It's like, <laughs> next time I see you in church, I'll be like, here for my transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. And then Martin Luther says, to gather with God's people in united adoration of the Father is as necessary to the Christian life as prayer. Mm, and that is sure true. Yeah, yeah. So, Nicole, last advice that you'd give someone not attending church? (laughs) Well, to quote my favorite fictional character, Anne of Green Gables, today is a new day with no mistakes in it. Oh, I love that. (laughs) She is like my favorite. She is. I read those books every 10 years. I know. That's wonderful. I do. I just have, like, every decade, I'm like, I need to read Anne of Green Gables again. We need some Anne. Oh, I love that thought. No matter how badly I did with forming good habits yesterday, I can pray today and ask God for forgiveness and help, and he will help my resolve to start fresh. As for the hurriedness of life, and that's all the more reason to set aside a few hours to be with other Christians who also fail. Mm -hmm. You know, we can sit together and remember his great love for us. Church can really refresh our souls and prepare our minds for the hurriedness that waits just outside that door. Amen. (laughs) Well, let me close us with prayer. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your provision for us to not have to be alone. And Father, I pray for every listener those that are happily situated and those who wish they had a church where they felt loved. Oh, Lord, help each one of us um, to develop the habit of honoring you on a Sunday um, by being in church or Saturday. Um, Guide us to where you would have us be to worship. And Father, help us to be part of the solution at a church. Help us to be one of the loving, forgiving ones. Help us to be one of the ones that encourages. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, friend. We hope you have found a good church home or that this episode will inspire you to look for one. As with all these holy habits, please let this episode be an encouragement to you and not a condemnation. We are all works in progress and God sees our hearts and our hesitancies and absolutely loves us right where we are and then gently leads us further into his grace and his kingdom work. He's patient with us, and I am so grateful for that. Next week, we're going to start a study on the life of Nehemiah. This man from the Old Testament has a lot to teach us about how to live in the 21st century. We'll start with episode 54, The Prayerful Life. I can't wait to dig in. Until next week, may God bless you as you seek to follow him. Thanks for listening. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.